Live from Mox Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie, this is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Happy Thursday, everybody. It is Kenny and I open live from Monk's Bar and Grill, Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. Zach, hello. Hello again. We have, uh, again, spent too much time talking with each other. <laughs> this, that's going to make this hour fantastic. I, I'm sure everybody listening from 10 to 2 today thought they have had enough, but we are back. Kenny and I open. The Badgers are 5-4, and four, Zach. They are. What some have said is my Super Bowl. It is at least the game I've been looking forward to for, for months. Maybe longer, frankly, since the offseason began. This game means more to me than probably any other the Badgers will play this season. You can put it up against Minnesota. I get it. This is always my favorite game of the year. But we're on for Bill from 10 to 2 today, right? And we're talking about the gravity of this game and this matchup. Where no matter what records the team has, you feel like they operate a similar way. A lot of what their strengths are the same. They go about things differently schematically, but no matter what, you know when these two teams meet, they will be at least close to evenly matched and we'll see some sort of a classic Big Ten battle. Yeah, you're building this up way too much in your mind, I'll be honest with you. Like, I, I mean, what was last year's – would you call last year's game a classic? No. Would you call 2020 a classic? I, it, it was on its way to it until Wisconsin's offense realized that – They were Wisconsin's offense? Never stood a chance, yeah. I will say this. They, there are some moments, and we're going to talk about them later in the show, about how there are some great moments in this rivalry and a, a lot of Wisconsin wins lately. Um, and, you know, Ron Dane breaking the record that he still holds and all that good stuff. We'll get, we'll get, we're going to talk about that later in the show. But in terms of this game, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know if it's going to be a classic. Neither of these teams is great. They are both playing better football. They are both – they've kind of followed the same trajectory in terms of – their record throughout the throughout this year and their offenses not being up to snuff, though Iowa's offense is on a completely different level of badness uh, before the past two weeks than Wisconsin's has been this year. So, uh, but their defense is elite. So, but no, it's a. I feel like it's going to be a good game, good close game, that's going to come down to the end, and I think that's what you kind of want in these rivalry games. It is a rivalry game. It means something. The Brass Bowl, the Heartland Trophy, people they want that in their locker room. They want the axe in that locker room. I don't know if they really care about the Nebraska trophy or whatever. What is it? What The Freedom Trophy. The Freedom Trophy, the stupidity. Do you hate freedom? I, I apparently do. And apparently all Wisconsin <laughs> players do, too, because there was a game down at Nebraska a couple years ago. Wisconsin won the game, and the trophy, normally the axe and, and the Heartland Trophy get picked up right away, and it's carried around the field. They had to be pointed to it like, hey, guys, there is a trophy for this game. It's over here. But it thinks <laughs> – the thing sat there for like five minutes before anybody came over and picked it up. Either way, that's not what Saturday's nights is going to be about. It's going to be a big game, blackout uh, at Kinnick Stadium. Iowa wearing all black unis. I assume Wisconsin's going to go stormtrooper on them. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be, I expect, a really good game. I don't know if it's going to be a beautiful game to watch, but it's going to be an interesting game to watch. Yeah, beauty is what? In the eye of the beholder? Yeah. It, it depends on what and, you're into. For, and for anybody that is wondering what Ben's into, his biggest matchup in this game is the punting matchup. Oh, I, I cannot wait. Tory Taylor, I, one of the greatest punters I've ever seen. And, and Vujinovic is good in his own right. But, yes, Zach, you mentioned, I, I say classic. classic Vujinovic goes, is the best punter in Wisconsin history based on net yardage. Okay. He's very good, no doubt. Tory Taylor's on also a, a separate planet. But we'll get into that matchup. 
I no, mentioned. He, no, we won't. <laughs> Do we have to? I, I'll, I'll talk about it a bit. But when I mentioned classic, I mean classic goes out the window when teams start losing, right? Where you don't have the little numbers, the little college football playoff rankings next to the teams. This isn't a top 10 matchup or top 15 like we sometimes see with these two teams. But classic, I mean, in terms of like what classic Big Ten West football is. And I, let's face it, this is probably the second to last year where we'll say that about the Big Ten Conference and about Wisconsin's games. So I guess I'm savoring it while it still exists. Wisconsin, one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Kinnick Stadium. The over-under, lowest in the country, as you mentioned on Tuesday, 35 points, which seems disrespectfully low. Yet then you take into context what the matchups look like and what history has told us about these two teams over the last however many years. And at 35 miles, a little high, frankly. Like, these are uh, two defenses, one of which, Wisconsin side, finding its stride, getting healthy, playing a lot better, coming off of probably its best performance of the season, playing against an Iowa offense that flat out sucks. Let's be honest here. And then on the other side, Iowa, probably top 15, top 10 defense in the country. Stat-wise, they're top five, but talent-wise, I mean, they're up there. They are a legit defense. Scott Docterman of The Athletic called it the most complete one he has seen of the great Iowa defenses uh, we have seen Wisconsin play against. And then that goes against the Wisconsin offense that has turned the ball over in the past. Uh, Graham Mertz, who has played great this season, but on the road, like in an environment like that, we have seen times where it doesn't work. So I, I look at this matchup, I don't know how teams score, and the answer is field position, which is beautiful to say. You know, last time, this is the first time they will have, neither team will have been ranked in this game since 2008. And uh, that 2008 game was a beatdown down in Iowa City. Sean Green ran wild. It, was, uh, it wasn't pretty. Scott Tolzien got in late in that game. I don't know why I'm talking about this, but either way, um, I, what, I, what I will say is that I'm looking forward to the game. I'm just this 30, this sub 40 over under has become Iowa's staple. Like, I believe this is the eighth time in the last 14 games that the over under in their game has been under 40. That's really, really bad offense. Yeah, that does not only have to do with its defense. Yes, it has a lot to do with what they do offensively. They're kind of like what Wisconsin was last year. Yes. But more extreme on the offensive side. They don't have Braylon Allen, who's able to run for however much against bad teams. Apparently, they have the greatest freshman running back in the country in Caleb Johnson. (laughs) I believe that's per Ben Kenny. Playing well. Not great, but still. Purdue wasn't that interested in tackling him when they played last weekend. So when we look at this, I mean, turnovers are going to no doubt dictate the game. When Iowa succeeds, you get the tip ball over the middle. You airmail a pass. I, they, their secondary is great at taking advantage of those spots. And then their offense comes on the field, moves backwards, and kicks a field goal, right? So, like, it, turnovers are going to decide it. But other keys to this game, like, which areas are you looking for for Wisconsin to have success? Well, you, I mean, you, you're saying that Wisconsin not going to be able to run the ball because Iowa's been pretty good at stopping the run this year. I believe they are ranked eighth in the country against the run, allowing about 90-some-odd yards a game on the ground. Purdue was allowing 114 on the ground before the last two weeks where they got absolutely stomped both by Wisconsin's running game and by uh, Iowa's. So, But the only key that matters, and I know we have an hour to talk about this, so uh, you probably want me to stretch this out, but I'm not going to. The only thing that matters is turnovers. 
Look at look at the stats when they turn when Wisconsin turns the ball over and when they don't, and when Iowa turns the ball over and when they don't, and you can tell whether you're going to win the game or not. The stats are, I don't want to say alarming, but noticeable, and the key to whether it happens or not. Wisconsin averages less than half a turnover in their wins and more than two in their losses, and Iowa's the exact same. So that is, to me, the only thing that matters. And, I, I, again, I know you're wanting other keys to this stuff, but it, it just doesn't. I mean, I, I, could, I guess I could throw in there the Wisconsin uh, offensive line holding up and keeping Graham Mertz upright, but that's more so so he doesn't, fall, he doesn't get hit from behind and fumble the ball or get hit while he's throwing and the ball is, go, goes careening somewhere else. Or the ability for Iowa's offensive line to keep Wisconsin out of the backfield because Nick Herbig had a field day last year against Iowa, and I could imagine it being the same way this year if they try and treat him the same way. And their line they had six sacks in last year's game. Yeah, and they're not better. They're not a better line this year. Oh, they're worse. Their line has struggled this season. It's played a bit better as of late, but by no means is it a strength of the team. Part of the reason they've struggled on offense, Kirk Ferentz. What does he like to do? Well, he's an offensive line coach. Hey, run for two yards. Run for two yards. Incomplete pass. Punt. Did you say Brian Ferentz or Kirk Ferentz? Uh, I might have said Kirk. I okay. meant Brian. Offensive coordinator Kirk's son. Uh, there is a relation. What does he love to do? He loves to run for minuscule yards, get to second and long, and then somehow run a draw, get it to third and whatever, and then punt. Uh, find think, ways to move forward while punting. I don't think he enjoys doing that, but I think that's capable of, uh, except for the last two weeks. Yes, because the offensive line has struggled a bit. Or I, When it is working is when they're running the ball, when Petrus throws less. Yeah. Which you could, say, you could say the same about Wisconsin, I guess. Could you? I thought you called them a passing team this year. Well, in general, oh, okay. throughout the history of Wisconsin. Not this year. Yeah. No, they are, they're a pass-first team, okay. generally. Here's where I'm at with this, Zach. And, yes, turnovers will dictate everything. The question is, we know Iowa's defense can force it, but the question is, can Wisconsin's defense go out and win the game? Can Wisconsin's defense make that difference where even if the, the Wisconsin offense turns it over a couple times, can they come up with their own plays to shift the game? Well, based, based on what they've done this year, I would say yes. I mean, you go back and look at the statistics, they're second in the country in interceptions at this point. They've got 15 on the year. There's just one behind Illinois. John Torchio's. I feel like John Torchio's been studying film all week and looking exactly where Spencer Petrus wants to go over the middle to the tight end on third and six and him jumping that route. I mean, I, I, it feels that that feels like this type of game where you're going to try and hit the middle of the field in, in some of those third in third down situations where your your best playmaker is your tight end, and that's the case for Iowa. That plays into Wisconsin's hands, especially in the middle of that defense. Even though, even though I'll say this, the the tight ends have, get, have given Wisconsin trouble over the years. Not necessarily Iowa tight ends, but tight ends in general have given uh, Wisconsin trouble. But And he's going to move all over the field, and he's going to be a huge factor in this game. But on third down... I feel like, I feel like, feel like John, a John Torchio interception is coming. And that's where having Torchio, Latu, and Wohler all healthy definitely help. Yeah. Because what will they, in theory, be asked to do or be able to do is come down against the tight end and help in that regard. Where if they were down to one safe, like with all the safety injuries we've seen, the fact that they have three guys that are making an impact now is huge because that's, that's what they'll need against this Iowa team. Alex Smith, his return is awesome, and, and Nico Ragaini is, is now how his name is pronounced. You know, like, 
you'll need him to cover Reganey, whatever. But this isn't a team that's going to attack you with their wide receivers, I no, guess is what I'm saying. For sure. And it's also going to be interesting. We, we saw the weather, how big of an impact the weather was last week in a bunch of different stadiums, but, you know, certainly in Camp Randall. It's going to be cold down there, man. It's going to be in the 20s. The wind is going to be, you know, 15 miles an hour. There's going to be gusts over 20. Like, it's going to be one of those type of games. I don't know how you're going to be able to throw the ball over the place. And it could potentially lead to turnovers. Those, you know, balls going off the hands of guys up into the air, as you mentioned. Uh, Iowa great at catching those. Seems like they catch all of them, right? It's weird. It's, it's, it feels like they catch all of them. Yeah, they're big on the, on the turnover luck thing, but they're good at luck. If that makes sense. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there are a number of different factors to it, but it always comes back to holding on to the ball. Yes, 100%. If Wisconsin holds on to the ball, they're going to win this game. I agree. And holding the ball means forcing Iowa to drive the whole field, which yeah. means you have to – if Wisconsin's able to ask Iowa a direct question of can your offense execute a full drive against us, then yeah. I think they win. Where you hate my golf analogies, but – you keep on saying I hate your golf analogies, and you continue to bring them up. That's, oh, I this know. This is like the fourth time you've done it today. Well, because they fit well. The, the best courses ask very specific questions of the players. Of You have to be able to do the this don't ask specifically well. How they are designed does. Anyway, Wisconsin has to ask Iowa. The course Iowa. has never asked a player a question before. Okay. Uh, semantics. The, the design of the course does. But, but Iowa, uh, Wisconsin has to get them deep in their own territory and ask the, ask the question of can you actually drive on us. Now, Here's where I'm at right now. I don't feel good about this game, if I'm being completely honest. The more I think about this matchup, and uh, yes, all year I've been championing Iowa's offense sucks. Where we sit today, 125th in scoring offense, 129th in total offense. Where did you where did you come up with this hundredth then? That you said earlier this week they moved up to like a hundredth. Well, in the last in the last couple of weeks they have been better. Those those statistics are heavily weighed by the first six seven weeks. But you said they moved up. They're still well, they're still 125th. In, in these rankings, it, but that's season long. I'm talking about... I, they haven't been good enough to move out 125th? Well, they're way down. They were 131st. They were on track to be the worst offense of all time. And then they have gotten a little bit better. So, I, But when I look at this, why I guess... You, why are you so scared? Of this game? Well, I'm going to tell you. When I think about the matchup, and, and I think about in Kinnick Stadium, it might have more life than it would have weeks ago because the team has won a couple games i'm thinking of like how does wisconsin actually move the ball and find success because they've taken advantage of a lot of 1v1 matchups in terms of wide receivers on the outside they've done a better job at that this season as the year has gone along iowa secondary is terrific where i don't know how many of those one-on-one matchups you're gonna win i would hope it's some or chimray dk in the slot or whatever but you know Iowa's gonna stack the box you know they're gonna be sending jack campbell and Seth Benson, inside linebackers, down against the run. This offensive line played great last week, and this is all what it boils down to. And I think this is the best lineup. I think they're playing ball, as we've seen throughout the year. Like, that last week was the best performance. I don't think they will be able to have a lot of success against a great Iowa front. Best front four, maybe front seven they faced up there with Ohio State this season. And if Wisconsin cannot run the ball, I think Mertz has had a terrific year, but I don't know if he can go win the game with his arm against a secondary that intercepts somehow everything. Do you think they're as athletic of a group as Michigan State? 
I don't know. It feels like they struggle with athletic fronts. We, we saw that with Michigan State. We saw that with Washington State. We saw that with Ohio State. Yeah, I, I don't think they're as fast, but, I mean, they're schemed well. They're very physical, and I, you would know the, the history of, I mean, when Iowa has a great front and whether they're able to stop a Wisconsin back. But here's also my thing is Braylon Allen's dinged up. And Braylon Allen, he had 100-plus yards last week. But still, we're not seeing as consistent of positive play as we did last season. And as last season went on and he got dinged up, like the Minnesota game last year, which is what is etched in my brain, is when they face a really good front and they're able to penetrate and come down, he struggles a little bit. So if Garendo can hit on a couple big plays, that's huge. But I just I, I have a hard time seeing Wisconsin's offense repeat what they have done throughout the year. Like last week against Maryland, they did enough, and then they played from ahead. Here, I think Wisconsin's defense will suffocate Iowa's offense like Wisconsin did versus Maryland last week. But I, I just don't think Wisconsin's offense will be able to do enough. And, and I hope I'm wrong. I just don't feel great where we stand right now. For everybody listening to this, you should put a ton of money on Iowa. Excuse me, a ton of money on Wisconsin right now. Ben Kenny has been talking. He talked up Purdue. He talked up Maryland. He's talking up Iowa. Some of this is a reverse jinx of him, what he's trying to do here. But I also think he kind of believes some of what he's saying about Iowa. And I don't disagree with how talented they are as an offense, uh, or excuse me, as a defense, especially their front and Jack Campbell and what they're able to do against that and Riley Moss on the outside and some of the other defensive backs that they have. It just feels like they're playing – like downhill sometimes, and yet Wisconsin has found a way against Iowa, whether it was 2019, whether it was 2021, to move the ball at time, uh, for the most part and, and get what they need to get. And a lot of it has to do with what their defense does to Iowa's offense and putting them in advantageous spots, but it's the same way the other way around. So what I'm trying to say is, Whoever turns the ball over less is going to win the game. That's a, a, a it's very simple, and and yet you want to make it more difficult, and that's fine, but it's it not is. making me feel better. I guess I. Do you think Wisconsin could be explosive at all? Because they've they've lived they've been very very explosive. They had the ability to be explosive in this game, no doubt. But in the explosive games we've seen from them, it's come against defenses that have given it up except for Ohio State when they were already down 28 to nothing, right? Um, I don't know. I, it's a gut feeling thing where normally, like, I'm, I'm very open when I go into a game and I feel great. I, it usually means bad things, it, definitely, in general. But I, I think they have ability to be explosive. I just wonder if the negative plays are not enough where, you know, the big explosion can outweigh the negative stuff that happens. And at the end of the day... This could be a, what, a three-point, four-point game. And then it's the question of ball enough to run the clock out in the end. It all comes down to the line for me, whether Braylon Allen and Garendo can run the football. Because if yeah. they can, then I think they can win easily. Then yeah. they can move the – but if they can't clear space up front, I don't think Graham Mertz is at a point where he could just win it with his arm. And, and the secondary just scares me. So that's – I see turnovers coming, at least, and I hope I'm wrong. The biggest – I mean, the biggest thing is Iowa's defense – uh, is the best of any defense in the country at limiting explosive plays. They've given up five plays of 30 or more yards the entire year. That's tops in the country. 
they've given up two plays of 40 or more yards, which is also tied for the top of the country. So well, I wonder how many happen. came against Ohio State when that game was over, remember? Probably quite a few. It was, it was a 35-whatever-point uh, game, and then they started hitting the big ones to Fleming and Ibuka. The defense was checked out. Like The defense grinded in the beginning of that game, and you would think towards the end of that they just ran out of gas because the game was over. So... Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they'd given up one or two. So, I don't know. I would love to feel better. Maybe things will change come Saturday morning when I wake up and watch Purdue play Illinois, and maybe things go well in that game and I talk myself into it. I just don't feel great where we sit right now, uh, but we'll see. That is that, Kyle Burn. Uh, we have a lot to get to today. We are live at Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie. Some more matchup stuff. I, I mean, general questions about what you think will happen on Saturday. We'll get to that when we return. Also, from when these two teams have played each other in the past. Can anything we have seen inform how this matchup is going to go come Saturday in Kinnick Stadium? That, Week 11 locks, and a lot more. We are live again. Monk's Bar and Grill, Sun Prairie. Happy hour going on right now. you got game day specials every Saturday and Sunday for Badger and Packer game day. $5 Long Islands, $4 Spotted Cows. $2 off all appetizers, so much more. Come on by Monks in Sun Prairie, locations across the state. It's the place to be to watch football again this weekend. When we return, more thoughts on the Wisconsin-Iowa matchup, some memories from when these teams have played each other in the past. Stay right there. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, welcome back. It is Kenny and Heilprin, live from Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie. Locations across the state. Come watch football here this weekend. Place to be. Television's everywhere. I, I see reruns of, of Javon Carter going off last night. I see NFL Network. Uh, there's Golf Channel somewhere, but they hit it. Uh, there it is. It's hidden behind another screen. Um, never fails. <laughs> for for good honest. reason. Uh, for good reason for Zach, at it's least. it's not golf season. So, well, it's golf season somewhere as they say. So when we talk about this matchup coming up on Saturday, I, I was mentioning can Wisconsin run the ball. And I'll put aside what my gut says about this game. A big thing I think, not that we need to see, but a big piece of this is what does Bobby Ingram plan to do? Last year's Minnesota game, and again, it's etched in my brain. You're playing on the road. You're playing a good front. You can't run the ball. So how do you find offense through that? And that was a different offense, obviously, but I don't, know where, I don't know why you got to blame Bobby Ingram for that. Well, I'm saying after what had happened last year in that setting, what does Bobby Ingram have for this game? Can we see, Is he able to scheme guys open? Because winning one-on-one matchups against this defense will be tough. How many guys can he scheme open? What is he able to do if one part of the offense is taken away? If the run game's taken away, what can he do if Mertz is rolling out? Whatever the plan is, I think this could be a big game for him. Because probably the best overall defense they've faced on the road in a tough environment with still a Big Ten West. Since Ohio State. I think Iowa has an overall better defense. They have to play with... Talent-wise, they're not. Talent-wise, they're not. But production-wise, I I think they've been better, but they've also been next to the worst offense known to man. So how do you still get up in the fourth quarter when you're down 10 and you know your offense can't move forward? Well, it's, how did Wisconsin do it last year? 
That's a good question. Well, Braylon Allen was uh, and Ches Malusi were good. So for, Caleb Johnson late here, kind of like uh, Braylon Allen last year. Is that what you're trying to say? Many are making those comparisons. I no, I'm not all the way there. I he's a solid back, and they've found somewhat of a rhythm on the ground. But do you agree when it comes to the offensive plan? Like this, this could be a defining Bobby Ingram game if it goes great. Do you think? Defining. It's a big one because I think it was pretty uneven last week. I thought it was very uneven last week, the way that they attacked Maryland with that weather. It felt like they didn't do a ton of uh, – didn't do a great job adjusting to the weather. Um, still some deep shots. I don't know if you'll – I wonder if you'll see those against, uh, against Iowa in the cold. I don't know. I, but he also can't – he has to let Graham throw the ball. Like, you can't become – extremely extremely conservative and, and worried about turnovers if the turnovers happen they, they happen but you have to mix you have to mix a little bit and you have to count on a junior who's making who's made how many starts now in his career to to trust him and make good plays and make good throws and make good decisions and if he does that i think wisconsin can have can at least move the ball a little bit if he just sits there and is trying to run the ball in eight-man boxes, which he has done throughout the entire season, I think I saw a stat today that there's only one. I think the they're the only non. Yeah, I saw that stat. Non uh, veer I'll offense or uh, wishbone offense that has run into more boxes. Like only only teams that run the veer or run the triple option have run into eight-man boxes more often than Wisconsin, which is eighty-one percent of the time. Yep. That's insane. And yet, they think that's the best way to win at times. I don't think it's the best way to win on Saturday. But Would, then it's also, I, I also go to the other side of it. If you don't fall, you're, you're going to win the game. Exactly. You want, you're waiting for them to make the mistakes. In theory, you want their offense on the field. I, like, their defense might be able to score more points straight up than their offense. This could be I, hilarious when they just, Spencer Peter just lights them up. <laughs> I would have to walk back a lot of words. Yeah, you'd be in trouble. You'd no be doubt. in trouble. I, would you say last year's offense was overly stubborn at times? Wisconsin's? Yes. Yeah. So, and also this year, I, I'm with you there as well. I guess, can we create movement? And I don't want to be the jet sweep guy. or the I'm not the wildcat guy. People know that. But when it comes to jet, can we create movement? Can we try to open things up? What works, right? as opposed to just accepting your fate of running for six yards on three plays or four plays and punting. That's where I'm at with this, and I, I'm looking at Engram. It's, how is this game prepped for? And when you're punched in the mouth, which I undoubtedly they will be, by this Iowa defense, what do you do? What are the adjustments? How does it work throughout the game? So, when, And it's also Graham Mertz has been beat up this year, uh, despite the fact that I didn't think the pass protection was, was horrible. I mean, it, it was horrible. It was horrible the last time they went on the road. When they faced Michigan State's front, they got beat. And a lot of one-on-one beat. Some of those guys won't be on the field on Saturday night, uh, Michael Fertney specifically. But they have to keep him upright. And how do you trust that You do you trust that group to do it? Yep, uh, 100%. I, when Wisconsin's defense is on the field, this was uh, the other big question that I, I underlined on my mental notepad. Can Wisconsin's defense win the game? And we've touched on it. But is is this group, they've been up and down this season. Last week was their best week. Like They won last week's game. 
where his offense did enough, but then wasn't able to sustain. The defense had every single answer when they got out there. Can they come out and win this game? Because there will probably be times, what if Iowa's up a touchdown and Iowa gets their ball uh, on the Wisconsin 40, a bad punt or a turnover? Like, can you make those plays to win the game? As opposed to just holding serve for the offense to score, it's a can you actually go out and ship the game kind of thing. And they're healthy, which is good. Or the safeties are there. Alex Smith is there. But what impact plays do we see? I mean, save for 2020 when Iowa's offense moved the ball against them and, and made some big plays against them, had a big run had a big run in that game. Wisconsin's defense has owned this matchup with the Iowa offense. Look back at every single year. I mean, they've won every game, but they've owned – the defense has owned almost every single one of these games that they've won. It was 10-6 to 6 in 2015. Hmm. It was – a very low-scoring game in 2016. 2017, the same way. You're going to be talking about that in a minute. 2018 went back and forth, but it, Wisconsin's defense is the one that got got off the field at the end. 2019, two-minute – Wisconsin was up late in that game. Got a big play from Iowa that, you know, they got within two. But their defense made a play to stop that one. 2021, dominant defensive effort, six sacks, a bunch of turnovers. They've shown they can stop this Iowa offense. Especially in – this is not a 2020 Iowa offense or a 20 uh, – going back to when they actually had some weapons. A quarterback as this, well. This ain't it. Yep. So if they can't, that's a huge indictment. But I look at this Wisconsin offense, getting Hunter Roller back, getting Alex Smith back, getting a healthy Keanu Benton in the middle of that along with Nick Herbig back. It's not Wisconsin from last year, but it's I think it's a lot better unit than what we've seen earlier in the season – Alex Smith was just the biggest underrated loss that they had all year. And Hunter Wohler, I think, might show up and be that guy. Uh, we we kind of saw a little bit of last week. I think we see more of it this week, how much they have missed him this year. Yeah, despite, it, despite how good the safety play has been. Right. He's right, a playmaker. Right. Uh, get him on the field, as this show has been saying. We are a pro three safety show or safety slash linebacker hybrid show. The only problem with that in this situation is – the personnel packages probably won't allow them to do it as much. Yes, that makes sense. However, I will still note, get my guys on the field. Get them on the field. Let them, let them make some plays. All right, uh, you mentioned 2017, 19, 15, all those previous years. When we return, we're going to talk about that. There's been some interesting moments in this series, uh, some memorable ones. I'm obviously newer to the scene than, than you are when it comes to closely following this team. But we'll talk about the greatest, the best memories from this series when we return because again it is my favorite series the badgers play and i I get it minnesota but it's my favorite wasn't it northwestern last year playing at northwestern wasn't that something that you desperately wanted and needed to have yes and how you're upset you're how upset it's going to be when the big 10 west goes away because you're not going to have that wisconsin northwestern game i still feel that way but it's not the most important series no okay i love all of them except for playing at nebraska i just think that's stupid you're a ben in nebraska no no lucky you yeah i'm sure you would agree all, all right. right when we return memories from the wisconsin iowa series that is mr zach heilprin i'm ben kenny kenny and heilprin live from monks bar and grill sun prairie game day specials come on by this weekend happy hour going on sunday to friday then you got game day deals on saturday so it's the place to be every night but obviously for game day as well Five for 15 buckets, jello shots for touchdowns, all that good stuff. Monks and Sun Prairie locations across the state. 
When we return, memories, Iowa, Wisconsin, week 11 loss. A lot more to get to. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, welcome back. It is Kenny and Heilprin, Monk's Barn Grill, Sun Prairie. Ben Kenny, Zach Heilprin, Iowa Week, trophy game season. What more can he ask for down the stretch of a year? Bowl eligibility still very much attainable. I would say a borderline expected at this point, given what we've seen in the last couple weeks. But I, when we think back, Iowa's played Wisconsin. They've had some great ones. I myself, as I said, newer to following this team on a very regular basis. One hilarious moment that I will always go back to, Zach, was 2017, where I, I, I was standing in the student section like a, like a young man and watching the Wisconsin Badgers beat Iowa 38-14. to 14. Now, that, that sounds like a blowout, but both of Iowa's scores came on pick sixes from Josh Jackson off Alex Hornibrook. Packers legend Josh Jackson. And they had, as you pointed out earlier, uh, 60 total yards in 66. the game. It was the most dominating effort against a real Big Ten team that I've ever seen live at Camp Randall. I, I, it was hilarious. It was it was so funny. That, de- that 2017 defense was very, very good. Um, so many seniors, I mean, with Leon Jacobs and TJ Edwards, Ryan Connell, not, not that those guys were seniors, but just like they just had, they had a, just a ton of talent. Chico Obasi and... Van Ginkle. Van Ginkle on the outside. Just, there's so many. There were so many guys, and then the secondary they were loaded to. Like it was a really, really good group. But that Iowa offense was dog crap. Not a, not on this year's level of dog crap, but it was very. It was not good. But they just they they couldn't keep um, Nate Stanley upright. It was it was they, he was they played in his lap the entire game. I'm trying to see because they have been tight end university or close to it. Well, I think Hawkinson and those guys were there. Hawkinson was. Uh, Noah Fant was. So was Hawkinson. Current Seattle Seahawk. Um, so, yeah, Ed, that was a great one. And then my other one that, that you were also in attendance for, the 2019 game, 24-22. to 22. The, the Badgers, pretty, they had their way all game. And that was, a, that was a good Iowa team. Like, Nate Stanley was pretty good that year. They could do some things. And Jonathan Taylor, I remember, had a big run to ice it Late. after the Badgers stopped Nate Stanley on a tying two-point try. I don't know if that game decide that game had to be won for the next week or two weeks later to decide the West. Yeah. So there was a lot riding on that contest, and I, I just remember being a battle, and then that moment where they stopped Stanley because he's a big dude. Getting there to stop him was was pretty ridiculous. But I'm sure you have the better general ones when it comes to records and such. There was a stretch where Wisconsin lost every time they played Iowa from 1977 to 1996. That was how long. They, they went 20 years between beating them. They beat them in 1997 in a home game. Ron Dane got hurt. Ron Dane didn't play that game. They had to go to a backup. Uh, they ended up winning it 13-10. to 10. Iowa was ranked number 12 in the country. Um, and they pulled the upset there. Since then... They've kind of owned this series, but the ones that obviously stick out for me, 1999, Wisconsin 41, Iowa 3, has really nothing to do with Iowa, but that is the game that Ron Dane broke the all-time rushing record in FBS history, a record he still holds. 
<laughs> he broke it on a, I don't remember, I think it was like 30-some-odd-yard run, uh, and the entire place went crazy. That one is seared into my mind. I'll never, I don't think I'll ever uh, forget that one. Uh, 2004, down there, Wisconsin got their butt kicked. Wait, Kirk Ferentz was the coach in 99. Yes. He, he's been at Iowa as long as I've been alive, almost. Yeah, he's, he was, they were, they were not very good back then. Um, Wisconsin won five straight in that stretch, and then they got good again and uh, won the Big Ten a couple times there in the early 2000s. But the 2004 game down there, Wisconsin had a chance to win the Big Ten. Had they won that game, they would have won a share of the Big Ten. Jim Leonard, I think, picked off a couple of passes towards the beginning of that game and put Wisconsin in a good spot, but their offense just could not do anything against Iowa's defense, and they went on to lose that game 30-7. to um, 2000. And 10 is the game that I think a lot of people will remember. It's a game that, to me, it's the best one in the series. I don't know if Iowa people will agree with that. But the game went back and forth, back and forth. J.J. Watt blocked an extra point early in that game. Who knew it would come back? But Wisconsin won on a, like, a 14-play, 70-some-odd-yard drive. They had a blocked punt, or excuse me, a, a fake punt that they ran with Brad Nortman a couple of fourth-down conversions and Monte Ball running – in from, I don't want to say, it was about an 8 or 10-yard run where it looked like he was down. He stretched the ball out, got it across, and then Wisconsin's defense did just enough to uh, get off the field, and or not get off the field, but drain the clock out, and they won 31-30 to on their way to winning the Big Ten. So those are, those ones, also 2015, when... 10-6. Uh, to 10-6. That's beautiful. Joe Schobert had one of the more dominating games you'll ever see from a defender, but Wisconsin's offense... Fumble at the goal line. Joel Stave got his foot stepped on by Micah Kapoi trying to give the ball to Taiwan Deal. He still tried to give it to him. It was at the goal line. They'd probably score, probably win that game. Iowa doesn't go undefeated and win the Big Ten West and go and play Michigan State in what was another classic Big Ten championship game. Um, but that didn't happen. And uh, they fumbled, and they just couldn't get anything going offensively that day. There's, there's a lot of really good games, a lot of them not very pretty. Yeah, it's it's also weird where I remember the 2020 game as one where it was 28 to seven, but it also was I, it was close for a good amount until one team pulled away, and I could be wrong. I feel as though these are two teams where it feels closer than maybe the score is. Yeah, I'll say this uh, before we move on: the 2010 game is the best game. It's not the best game. Ugh. It's the best game I've ever been at. It's not my, the most memorable or my favorite game that I've ever been at. That still belongs to the 1994 Rose Bowl. But the 2010 game at Iowa, the loudest stadium I've ever been in. The place just was absolutely nuts. And when Wisconsin was able to get that win, uh, is as silent of a building as I've been in at the same time. It's, there's nothing better, I think, when you go on the road and silence a crowd. There's few things better than that. I mean, obviously, you want to enjoy like your, your crowd going crazy. But when it's just you and what, five guys on the team, whatever it is, how many, however many guys you get to take on the road with you, that's really, really special, and that's what they have an opportunity to do Saturday night. Cause it's gonna be, it's gonna be rowdy. It's gonna be in the dark for most of the game because it's that's just what it's gonna be. It's gonna be cold, blackout, black uniforms. No one's gonna, no one on your side. It's gonna be awesome. Brian Ferentz's funeral. Maybe it could be possibly. Who wears who wears white to a well, not the Badgers? Uh, I, I don't know, or maybe it's Wisconsin's. Who knows uh, if things actually go wrong? But yeah, I, I'm excited. I, I will not be there, unfortunately. I was thinking of making the trip down, but I saw that it would be disgusting weather, and I thought 
better of it. I have a friend that went you're, to Iowa coming into town to watch. What? You're just you're, you talk a big game, but when it comes down to it, uh, don't go this You don't route. really care to be in Big Ten weather or Big Ten football. Uh, I I was weighing the options of driving. You just don't like it. And cost. You don't like it. I I do like it. I no, love you it. You don't. All right. I we don't need to go down that. Did route. you were you out in the elements last week against Maryland? Uh, no, I was not. I was busy. I had things to do. Again, look at all these look at all these opportunities. You have a, a chance to prove that you love Big Ten football, and instead, nope. At I, home, you've been to more. Mich- you've been to as many Michigan games this year than you have been to Wisconsin games. Uh, I've been to two Wisconsin games. Illinois and now just Illinois. I, I've been to one Wisconsin game this Ooh. year. Things have been going on. I'm, a, I, I'm you got, busy. And, and you got you were at a Michigan game, right? Michigan Maryland. Correct. So it was, you wanted to go see Maryland when they played Michigan, but not the other way around. Um, I, again, uh, actually, I was home last weekend. I know it was physically impossible. I w- I'll let the people litigate that. If you really want to bring that up to the court of public opinion, that you don't really love Big Ten football, exactly. You, you don't actually want to go to the games and go to the and uh, enjoy the Big Ten weather that you seem to love. Feel free to tweet that out. I will promptly retweet it, and we will let the people decide. <laughs> Is Big Ten is is Ben a Big Ten casual? That's that, that's what everyone's wondering. Uh, and only qualified people can actually uh, re- respond to that query. But you're more than welcome. Am to I qualified? Put it out there. Can, am I qualified to respond to that query? Yeah, you can have your own opinion, but it's not going to be everybody's. I'm not qualified. No, you are qualified uh, to to believe whatever you want. I mean, you're inside for all these games. It's not like you're out there in the weather. Uh, Press box was cozy last Saturday. I've literally been to more football games outdoors than you've been to in your entire life all right uh, in bad weather it's not even close maybe uh, it's, not even been, it's not even close i i'll go to the stat I, it's, sheet it's stupid we've been we've been together for way way too long right yeah now. i'll go to the stat sheet on that one all right we're gonna step away this is what we're gonna do <laughs> we're gonna make picks when we return my guy rj says ben loves the idea of big 10 football but he doesn't love big 10 football uh thank you rj so there's one vote in zach's tally if you really want to go down this route <laughs> When we return, <laughs> we're going to make picks. And it, this isn't going to go well for me. 5-0! and Because I went 1-4 and four last week. I have relinquished my lead, and I am ice cold. Uh, however, it could mean good things for Badger fans and those that want Wisconsin to win on Saturday. So I, that's when we come back. Is it ice cold? Is that kind of like what you don't like to be when you're watching your football? We are live at Monk's Bar and Grill, Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. Happy hour going on right now. You got beer deals, food deals, all that good stuff. Come on by locations across the state, Monk's Bar and Grill. Uh, we are at again. We return. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right. Welcome back. It is Kenny and Heilprin. We are live. Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie. Believe it or not, again, I am not driving to Iowa City this weekend uh, to pay for gas and pay for a ticket and be out there. It's tough. I could have just given, like, asked for a credential, and and you could have just come. You wouldn't have had to pay for anything. I know. I I have a friend coming into town to watch the game. We always, when Wisconsin, this is why it means so much, Zach. When Wisconsin and Iowa play every year, we always go visit each other to watch the game. That's Big Ten football. It is Big Ten football. Didn't you tell me? This guy's not even paying attention to like Iowa anymore because like they. Well, he such checked a bad out. Team, like, they don't actually. He does so he doesn't actually care about Big Ten football. He he just cares about being next to you, right? Oh, he's a casual, no doubt. Okay, 
it, it seems like there's a lot of that going around these days. <laughs> some would say. I All mean, right, some Zach. people some people watch golf, grow golf on a weekend on a, on a bye weekend. Other ones watch football. Some people watch football on their phone while they're golfing <laughs> on a bye week. If we really want to do that, um, so picks. Here's the thing. I'm 24 and 30. Mm. I went one and four last week. It's not good. You faded every pick I made, except for one, which also hit. You went five and zero. Oh. You're 26 and 28. I needed that because that was uh, that was a tough stretch. Couple t- tough, uh, what one and nine stretch that I had a couple yes. weeks back. Oh, uh, a a hideous hideous stretch. Uh, yeah. Maybe worse than yeah a a one and nine. Yeah. So you've gone zero and five yet? Uh, yes, I have. I've you, gone. And so uh, you just went one and four. So we both had one to nine stretches in our in our time here. Yeah, I'm consistently two and three. I I'm far below 500. Whatever. I'm Doesn't going matter. five and zero oh this week. I'm battling back. We're starting with a game very important to the Wisconsin Badgers, and we have not discussed this today. But at Benzie Kenny on Twitter, for all those that were somewhat disappointed in my lack of pure dive deepness into Wisconsin's <laughs> chances to win the West, I have done it. There's a graph. Did I go through every scenario? No. That would have taken me three days. But there are some, some initial angles there. Illinois is six-and-a-half favorites against Purdue. And – the main thing I found is that if Illinois beats Purdue on Saturday, Wisconsin will not win the West unless they win out and Illinois loses to Michigan and Northwestern. Very simply. If Purdue wins, everything is open. Wisconsin might even be able to lose a game. I, it changes the complexity of the division. So, Badger fans, 11 o'clock. That should be a big time. Root for Purdue Saturday morning. Root for the demise of Mr. Bielema. Six and a half point spread here. And maybe I just want to bounce back from what Purdue did last Saturday, and maybe this is a pick with the heart, but I'm going to take the Boilermakers to make it close and pray to God that Brett Bielema chokes it in the end. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to stick with you on this one. I'm going to go Purdue as well. I am. I'm going to go Purdue as well. I don't know if they're going to win it, but I think it does stay with six, within six and a half. It's a it's a horrible pick by both of us. I think it's more of us <laughs> like just wanting it just for the craziness that could potentially come yeah. with uh, a win by Purdue. It feels like a huge bounce-back spot for Illinois. And with the way that Purdue's played the last two weeks, it hasn't been good. And so it's, this, is a real, this is a danger pick that I'm about to talk myself out of and go with Illinois. I'm going with Illinois. All right. There you go. Uh, fading me correctly. Yeah, and Purdue is still alive, very much still alive if they win this game in the West. So yep. it's not like they're playing for nothing. No. They still definitely have a chance if they win these games just, down the stretch. I just don't know if Purdue's defense is going to be able to hold up. I don't think they it will. It hasn't worked the last two weeks, especially against a strong run, uh, running team like Illinois. They couldn't tackle Caleb Johnson, I, and then imagine doing that uh, against an Illinois passing attack, that I, rushing attack, excuse me, that has worked well all season. So yep. I, I don't know. I'm going to stick with Purdue. Totally, totally a pick with the heart. Get yet, going to be cold. So I can return to that take uh, when they do lose the game and, and you end up being correct. The next one, LSU, three-point favorites at Arkansas, coming off a massive win against Bama at home. It would be an upset spot, you would think. K.J. Jefferson, Arkansas quarterback, kind of banged up. This, this is the biggest letdown spot in history. It is, but I don't see it, I don't see it happening. Do Neither do I. I. I think Illinois crushes them. I also got some intel. LSU. Uh, that's what I meant. LSU big. I got some intel that uh, a real weapon hunting season is beginning in Arkansas. Oh. 
which means that uh, like real weapon no more bows oh. now people can hunt with guns in arkansas and this game's at 11 o'clock so how's that stadium going to be full i would think the people are out taking advantage of the first big hunting day of the year you're probably right probably right Jane daniels was playing for at the in the las vegas bowl last year and now he's going to be potentially playing for an sec championship at some point here yeah it's quite the quite the change uh he looked good. Playing at home against LSU is just a nightmare. But I think going on the road, they're going to they're gonna find a way to get it done. And uh, it's only three. It feels too easy. It feels like a, a bit of a trap. Very us, much. But I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take LSU anyways. I will be trapped. All right. Uh, a couple more games before we get to Wisconsin. Real quick, TCU is at Texas. They are touchdown dogs. Texas is better. But I, I'm going to ride with the magic of TCU, and it's the Big 12. All these games are close, right? They're a second-half team. I'm taking TCU plus seven. Quinn, Quinn Ewers, two of the last three games, been very, very good. I shouldn't say very, very good. He's been good. Had one, had one stinker in the middle in there. But Texas with Quinn Ewers is a little bit different. Their defense, fine. Max Duggan does seem to find just ways to win games. I'm going to take Texas. All right, Texas to cover. Uh, real quick, UCF is at Tulane in the group of five game of the week where game day is Tulane minus one and a half. I don't know why, but I'm going to ride with them because they're electric, and I think UCF's quarterback is banged up. Yeah, I'm going with, uh, I'm going with Tulane as well. Wow. Um, so there's another pick we agree on. All right, and then before we get out of here, the Wisconsin Badgers at Iowa, one and a half point favorites. Zach, I'll give it to you first to lighten the mood before I relighten it by telling everyone what will not happen. Go. What? What do you think happens? Wisconsin think at Wisconsin, Iowa. I think Wisconsin doesn't turn the ball over. I think Iowa does turn it over, and I think Wisconsin wins and covers. All right. Uh, to make everyone even happier, I am going to take Iowa. I just don't feel good about this game. I, the gut tells me Iowa covers at least – and then, I don't know. Fade. We'll see. I just don't feel good. I hope I'm wrong. But Fade. nevertheless. Fade him. I, I appreciate Fade everyone hanging out. Monks Bar and Grill, Sun Prairie. Hang out here this weekend. We will be back on Tuesday to recap it all, 6 o'clock. Talk to you then. See ya. Kenny and Heilprin. Thursdays from 6 to 7. And on demand at madcitysportszone.com.